Good morning. Good to see everyone in service with us. Um, Hello. Sorry, man. Sorry. Let me pull it off of here. Good morning. Good to see everybody in service with us. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the lesson <coughs> this morning, and we can get started. Let me start my timer here. I don't necessarily have a verse of scripture to, to start everything off, so uh, you don't have to stand. Um, and I'm going to uh, just kind of continue on this um, Bible character study that I've been doing and I've been teaching. And so if you've been here for the last couple of services, uh, scattered throughout for the last couple of weeks, I've taught uh, on, initially taught on um, Moses. Taught on Moses being a, a reluctant redeemer. Then I talked about David and his struggles. And then I talked sometime last week or so um, about John the Baptist. And so I want to teach about another character this morning. I uh, think that if we can extrapolate from his life and his experience that we can learn several, several things. And um, And so... When you think of disciples, many of us uh, think of the f- more uh, famous ones. And that is John, or Peter, or James. Some of these apostles all wrote their own epistles and have their writings in the uh, New New Testament. The Apostle Paul, and so. Um, but there's another disciple I think is pretty famous. And when I say his name, there is an automatic uh, nickname tied to it. And so when I say Thomas, what's everybody thinking? Doubting Thomas. Poor guy. Poor guy. How did Thomas get such a bad rap? And so um, I always thought it was interesting. You know, since A.D. 30, everyone knows him as Doubting Thomas, and we forget about the many years of devotion that he gave, he gave to Christ. And so uh, I want to just kind of take from his life a little bit. I think that it's very, very interesting. I thought it was very good when I was studying it. And so um, I don't know if history has been very fair to Thomas. Um, And I think there was a little bit more to his life. And so I want to rewind just a little bit here uh, to a scene that we all know um, and we celebrate every Easter. It's the last supper scene. And I don't know if you noticed this or try to paint a picture for you that it was when the Lord would, uh, the Lord broke bread and he blessed the wine, and then after that he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and there he prayed uh, because he knew the uh, path that awaits him, the journey that awaits him, uh, which was going to be a journey of crucifixion. Um, and then in that moment, the Bible tells us Judas shows up with his posse, and they Judas gives Jesus a kiss, and with that kiss he betrays him, and after that the rest was history, and everybody scrambled. <laughs> Everyone scrambled. It was as if a cat jumped into a room full of mice, and everyone ran everywhere. And we know that story tells us that Jesus was captured, and then he was convicted, and um, he was crucified. And so I forgot I had this yellow band on me. This is from Legacy this weekend. Wow. Y'all wondering what that was. So frightened by um, everyone. Um, uh, frightened by what happened, everyone ran off. Thomas, James, Andrew, Bartholomew, everyone ran for their lives. There were two uh, apostles that didn't really run off. John stayed relatively close, and Peter stayed kind of close until 
uh, they realized he looked, talked, and lived and spoke like Jesus, and they were going to have him be crucified next. And when that happened, he got kind of scared. And so, but we don't call Peter denying Peter, but we call Thomas doubting Thomas. And so, um, and so after Jesus was crucified, all the uh, apostles were in in hiding. Right, everyone was afraid if you poked your head out, it was most likely going to be crucified by a Roman sword. And so um, everyone was trying to hide. And then uh, that Sunday after, that, that that very Sunday, the 12 came back together. Actually, it wasn't 12, it was only 10. 10 apostles came back together. Um, the Bible doesn't say why they came back together, but the Bible says they got back together. And for whatever reason, Thomas wasn't there. Some of you know the story. Thomas wasn't there. I don't think he was doubting Thomas. I think he was more properly should be named as disappearing Thomas. That would be more the, more of the accurate name, name for him. And so uh, one thing I've noticed is that when you're in a small group, you always notice when somebody's missing. You always notice when somebody's missing. When, you were, when I was in class, when I was attending class elementary school, junior high, high school, some of the smaller classes, when there was five or six of us, we didn't need to count roll. We all know who's missing, and it's usually the same guy. <laughs> he's, out, he's, out playing, he's out in the field playing softball, but he's always missing for class. And so we always notice somebody's missing, and I wanted to make a point to say that we always, me, Brother Grant, the ministry, we notice when you're missing. I, I, I noticed several people missing this morning. And so just because you're missing and you don't get a postcard from us, which we don't do that anymore, we just send you a tweet. Or I post on your Facebook page. Well, I wouldn't know how to post on your Facebook page. My wife does all that administration stuff. Um, but we'll send you a message on Facebook Messenger. My wife's always, did you read Facebook Messenger? I don't even know there was an app for that. Yeah, you they had a long conversation. You need to read. You need to go back and read it. I I missed like five days worth of really important conversations. But when we're meeting with family and stuff, I didn't even know there was an app for it. And so, but we might not send you a postcard, but we notice when when you're missing, and not just me, but most importantly, Brother Grant notices when you're when you're missing. And so we think about you. We care for you. Um, I think about you when you're not here. Amen. I wonder sometimes what you all could be up to. Brother Grant wonders more than I do what you all could be up to. He worries about you. He cares for you. Uh, and so uh, so one of the part of the lesson here is that um, um, being in attendance is very, very, very important. When I'm not here, I always send Brother Grant, I try to send Brother Grant a text message. Let him know where, where I'm at. And so if you don't think he's worrying about you, he worries, he thinks, he knows he's a, pa- he's a shepherd, he knows the whereabouts of his sheep. And so... Um, now, I want to read a verse of scripture to you, John chapter 20, verse 19, and Brother Matt does a great job. I will try to read it a little slow. I have the New International Version, but I can read this version too. I see a lot of seasoned saints in here, so the King James Version shouldn't be difficult for you. If I see more visitors, I read the NIV. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, they were scared. Where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus, stood in the midst, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. 
After this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. Let, let me, um, okay, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going, Brother Matt. I think this is going to be important. And when he said, he, said, he said this to them, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive you the Holy Ghost. So that is his own theological study in and of itself. But receive you the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, disappearing Thomas, disappearing Didymus, that's his other nickname. That's his, I think that's his Jewish, that is his Hebrew name. One of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Just one more verse. The other disciple therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So one point here that I want to make is that, man, he might be dead. We might think he's gone. But he's obligated to his word, and when he and when and when and when his people comes together, God shows up. Here's the catch, though: if you're not here, you're not going to experience it. I know that was real revelational to some of you, but I want to give a little bit of insight here. When we miss the fellowship, we miss the dynamic of God's presence amongst His believers. Amen. There are many times I try not to miss service. My wife and I, we try to be here when the, when the doors are open. I know people have obligations, work, job, kids, children. The list goes on and on and on. But we try to make it an effort to be here. We set an example for our, for our, for our children. But, but I've learned that if I'm not here, I'm going to miss out on God. I remember playing hooky when I was younger, in my, in my younger days from, from school, for pretending to be pretending to be sick because I thought, I remember one time I played hooky because I thought it was going to be a boring day. Come to find out, it was a surprise trip to the zoo. I was like, I came back, everybody got souvenirs and stuff. I was like, where did y'all go? We went to the the zoo yesterday. It was all paid for. We got to pet snakes and 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 and, and see you know sea lions and and the lion and, and and the tiger was out. The bear. We went on a full fledged field trip. Everything was paid for. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And it reminds me that sometimes we show up repetitively, thinking the same thing's going to happen, the same thing's going to happen. But God's going to show up when you least expect Him to. <laughs> And he'll take you on a spiritual field trip. He'll take us on a spiritual field trip in church. And if you're not here, you're going to miss it. Many times I've come to church and people say, man, well, you should have seen God was here. And God healed this lady and this so-and-so. Four people were baptized on a Wednesday night. You've got to be kidding me. Hadn't seen anybody baptized for months. And the one time I missed, four people got baptized, two got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you're not here... You're going to miss it. You're not here. You're going to miss it. And so, what if I told us, what if I told everybody, what if everybody knew that Jesus was going to, Jesus was going to be here in person? And if and he was here, he was going to be here in person attending church, and anyone he touched or laid hands on would be made 
would be made whole. I think the church wouldn't be big enough to contain everybody that's going to show up. Not just us. The Baptists get a hold of it, they'll show up too. The Methodists get and find how Jesus is going to be here, they'll show up too. There'll be a line going out the door. But can I tell you, he is here. Amen. His touch is just as real if he was here, it, 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 with his spirit as it, as, as it were with his physical hands when he touched and healed people back in his time. He told Thomas, blessed are you that you have seen, but how much more blessed are those that show up and expect me to do something when they haven't seen it at all? How much greater is that, I ask you? And so, and I'm not saying that you can't experience God in your alone time in prayer. I've experienced God in some incredible moments in prayer. And there are times when God touched me in prayer and dealt with me about things deep in my spirit, deep in my personality and my character that only he can do in my in, in, in a time that, that I was alone with him. But can I tell you, there are times when God touched me in the service amongst his believers and amongst his my, my brethren and amongst my sisters. And, and as, as, as a body, God touched and healed me during services that I never would have gotten on my own. There are some things God will touch and deal with us with only when we're alone. And there are some things God cannot do for you when you're alone. It can only happen when you are here in attendance with God's people. I'm teaching about being here. Being faithful to the house of God. Being faithful to the house of God. It's the one time you miss it. That time is for you. That time God's trying to deal with you. Amen. There are some blessings you can only get alone. Jacob wrestled alone with the angel. He said, everybody get on to the other side of the book of Kidron. I've got some business to take care of here with God. Kids, you need to go to sleep. I'll be here a little while. There are some things in my spirit. And God blessed Jacob when he was all by himself. But there are some blessings you can only get with fellow believers. The book of Acts said that they didn't get the Holy Ghost by themselves. But the Bible says they were together with one mind and one accord. And the Holy Ghost fell like fire. And nobody was by themselves it was when we as the church and as believers get together. Can I tell you, God moves in a, in a powerful and a mighty way, in a revelatory way, like fire when we are together in one mind and in one accord. He will endue you with power and fill you with his spirit, but you cannot get that in that manner by yourself. You've got to be here. You've got to be present. Amen. If you need the Holy Ghost, I've learned. And if you're here and you don't have the Holy Ghost, what's the Holy Ghost? It's the presence of God dwelling in you. If you need the Holy Ghost, answer is simple. Just be here. Just be here. I see some visitors here. Thank the Lord. Y'all are faithful. You've been coming. Keep coming. Keep being here. Sister Mary's smiling at me. She knows. <laughs> Just be here. Just be here. Just be here. 
if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, just be here. That's what I did when I first came to God. I didn't get the Holy Ghost on my first night. God didn't touch me on my first night, but I came, and I, I came when I could. My dad wouldn't let me come. Heavy in Catholicism was our background, and so he said, well, you, if you want to go, you're 18 years old, you can go on a Wednesday night. Okay, I'll take what I can get. I came on Wednesday night, and I came on Wednesday night, and I came on Wednesday night. Didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen, but I was here because I told myself that if God moved and it might be my opportunity to get the Holy Ghost, I don't want to miss it. Wednesday wasn't happening. God opened the door for Sunday night, and you know Sunday night. Sunday morning, we're a little bit more civilized. Brother, how are you doing? God bless you. You come on Sunday night, you won't know what kind of church it is. Is that the same brother? Yeah, it is. So I got to go on Sunday night, and I went on Sunday night, and I went on Sunday night, and finally, just being there, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Hey, there were some things I tried on my own. I was at home. I was reading my Bible. I was studying the Word. I was hanging out with some of my some some of my friends who were who were who were who were Baptists. I did what I could, but it wasn't quite enough. But something about coming into the house of God, and 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 I couldn't pray for myself. But all of you laid your hands on me, and I remember it was on a Wednesday night. I just showed up, and God met and exceeded my expectations, and He gave me something I've sought for for so long. If you want the Holy Ghost, just be here, just be here. We ask people to come up to the front not to embarrass you. It's not a show. It's not a gimmick. It's because there's something that happens when believers lay hands on each other and pray for each other that things move in the spirit and get accomplished that you cannot do on your own. We are a body, and a body functions in unity with one another. The joint needs each other. The eye cannot say it doesn't need the big toe. Some of you are like, I wonder what body part I am. You're all very, very important. Amen. Uh, something I want, I want to point out. <clears throat> there are two things Thomas missed when you read Scripture. Brother Matt, if you pull it back up for me. i got to see what my am. I'm at 1020, 18 minutes. You pull it back up for me, Brother Matt. Go on to the next verse. Go on. Okay, I'll start here. Let's go back. And when he said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. They were the disciples, glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I send I you. Let's go on to the next verse. And when he hath said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive you the Holy Ghost. When God shows up, the Holy Ghost is going to move. When God shows up, people are going to receive the Holy Ghost. When God shows up, there are some things that you have been looking for, God's going to give you, and you'll receive it if you'll just show up. Let's go back. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now, watch this. Next verse. Then Thomas. So Thomas shows up. Thomas gets to touch the Lord in his side. Thomas gets to feel the fingerprints. But Thomas did not realize, nor did God breathe on him, the Holy Ghost. And neither did the Lord tell him 
But whoever, whosoever sins you forgive, it'll be forgiven. And whosoever sins you retain, it'll be retained. I'm getting somewhere. Thomas did not receive because he wasn't there. There are things that God gives people that he won't give again. So it is imperative to be faithful. It is imperative to be here because God moved and he breathed on the apostles, the Holy Ghost, the first time. And when Thomas showed up, he didn't do it on Thomas. There are fruits of the Spirit that God imparts. Joy, peace, love, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But if you're not here and God begins to give out the gifts, you're going to miss it. (laughs) Well, I'll just go to church next week. God knows I'm busy. He might not move in the same way that he did last week. But God loves me. He's got to give me. No, he doesn't. He didn't give Thomas. He didn't breathe on Thomas the Holy Ghost. Thomas missed out on a move of God. Secondly, he empowered them. If you are not here when God moves and gives empowerment to his people, you will miss it. I don't know if Thomas ever found out that he had the ability to forgive, that God had the ability to really forgive people of their sins because he missed it. So what am I trying to say? Watch this. Thomas got the revelation of who he was. Everybody knows who he is. But he missed out on what God can do. When you're not here, you'll be able to tell people who God is. He's God. He's one Lord. He's Jesus Christ. I know who he is, but if you miss enough services, you won't be able to tell people exactly what God can do for them. I don't want to just know who he is. I want to know what he can do for me. And to, and to know that, I've got to be here. Amen. I don't have perfect attendance. So I'm not preaching like, I'm not teaching like somebody who does. But I felt in studying this that attendance and being faithful to the house of God is so important. If we miss church consistently, we'll always know who he is, but we'll miss out on what he can do in our lives and being able to tell others what they can do. Amen. How many times Thomas might have got up in front of a congregation and preached about who God is, and I touched his side, and I'm telling you, God is God is revelational, and God is one, and it was it was amazing. But he always probably struggled with what God could do because he missed those services. Amen. When we come together, we experience three things: equipping from God's word. That's what you're experiencing right now. That's what I'm doing. The Bible says. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, thank you, Brother Matt. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I can't tell you how many times I've, I can't tell you there are many times I've gotten behind this pulpit. And God had a word for somebody. Or Brother Myers. Or Brother Austin. 
for Brother Grant, and God had a word for somebody. I don't know about them, but he, 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 might, not, he might not tell me exactly who it is, but he'll give me an idea who it might be, and I'll look out because I know it's for them, and they're not here. Or they're here. Happened just a couple weeks ago. Had a word for somebody on a Wednesday night. They were sitting right there. I won't tell you who it was. And I was about to get to my punchline, and they got up and walked out. And I was stressed out at home for five hours for them. And they walked out. I don't know what it was for. Maybe it was something important. But God did not give me that word again. Well, praise God. He didn't give me that word again. When God moves sometimes on a Sunday, sir, on a on on a morning service, as we have we have experienced it, and 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 you know we always say, well, just save that for next week. A lot of times, I don't have the same message for next week. Amen. Amen. God deals with us. God's God's word is trying to be profitable. I'm not trying to get on to anybody. We're not trying to we're not trying to destroy anybody. We're trying to build up faith and build up the body of Christ and his word is for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. And it's for you. And if you're not here, you're going to miss it. And it might not come back again. Amen. So, encouragement from God's people. God speaks through us in prayer, but he also speaks to us through our brothers. Can I tell you that Paul was blind? Can I tell you that Paul was praying, but can I tell you the scales didn't fall off of his eyes until Ananias came and laid his hands and said, Brother uh, brother Paul, God wanted me to tell you that he sent me to you. You could tell brother Ananias was scared because Paul was known to do what? Crucify people. Well, his name was Saul before God converted him. And Paul was praying, and Paul was seeking God, but Paul was still blind, and he could not see until his brother came and laid his hands on him and prayed for him. There are some things you can try to pray for. There are some things you can ask God for, and and there are some things you hope to see, but you will not see until you allow a brother or sister to lay their hands on you and pray for you, and God will let scales fall, and God will will touch and heal his body. You know, the greatest immune system is what? Not antibiotics. It's It's a person's own white blood cells. The body has a great way of healing itself. And sometimes we're afraid to come and pray and and open ourselves up. I want to tell you, sometimes we don't get the healing we want because we're afraid to let our brother or our sister lay our hands on us and pray for us because I just don't want them to know what I'm going through. Bless God. Paul received the greatest miracle in his life when Ananias prayed for him. I'm talking about being here. I'm talking about being in attendance. I'm talking about when Brother Myers gets up to preach here in just a little bit. God's going to move, and we're all going to pray for each other. It's not just, it's not a show. But you're Ananias, 
And we are Paul's. And God is going to do a great work when we connect with each other. Amen. The number one reason, enjoyment of God's presence, the number one reason Christians gather as a church is to experience God. Let me tell you why people come to church who don't and never experienced God before. This is why we have church. It's 1030. Okay. About 10, 15 minutes left. Now, this is why we have church. This is why every week, month, you don't know it, Brother Grant sits in that table in his desk in the back, and, and on his desk are checks. Champ, Reliant Energy. I don't know what company we use, but Reliant Energy, send. Baytown Utilities, send. Air conditioning. I think that's a part of the, uh, the uh, elect- electricity bill. But he has checks lined out, and he signs them just to keep these lights on and the doors open. Because there are because people have learned over the years that they can't experience God on, them, on their own. And they can't get a miracle on their own. But if they can just make it to a church where the presence of God moves and the Holy Ghost moves and his believers are connecting, then we're getting somewhere. That's why people show up unexpectedly. That's why people come through the back doors. Sinners don't know how to get a hold of God. They can't hear, they can't tell you if they heard from God or if it was last night's Taco Bell. But when they come into the house of God, there are some doors open, and if I can just get there and be there with God's people, that's where God moves. That's where the Holy Ghost falls, and I'm going to get what I need. But I've got to just, if I can just show up, That's why we have the church. It's a beacon of hope. It's a light on a hill for those. Amen. Amen. I didn't come to God or experience God or got the Holy Ghost sitting at home. I got the Holy Ghost, and God changed my life because I came to church, and I was faithful, and I was in attendance amongst the brethren. I was a part of the body. We are not made to be independent. We are made to be interdependent on each other. There are some gifts we have because people need us, and there are some gifts we do not have because we need people. Well, I'm an introvert. Well, I am too. Oh, Brother Twan, that's a surprise to me. Well, I really am. I really don't like talking to a lot of people. <gasps> You've been putting on a facade, Brother Twan, I dare you. Amen. But God has made me to be an extrovert. God has made me to learn how to depend on my brothers. God has made me to learn how to, how to, how to depend on the church. Because we need each other. Tongues and interpretation is a gift, but it doesn't happen on your own. Rarely does it happen. I've never seen tongues and interpretation in a room all by yourself. And tongues and interpretation happens when the body of Christ is together. And the word is for everybody. And if you're not there, guess what? You missed it. Amen. Just be there. Just be there. Just be there. Just be there. The Bible says, draw nigh to God. And when you do that, he will draw nigh to you. Amen. Amen. He will keep his promise. He will keep his appointment with you. But you've got to be there. Amen. You've got to be there as a provider. 
for my patients, I've got to be there. During, during Imelda, big storm came through here. Part of Katy and Cyprus and, North, and, and Tomball was flooded. I had probably 20 patients scheduled that day. 15 didn't show up. But guess who was there? I had to be there. The physician has to be there, and he will be there. But you have got to show up. Amen? You've got to show up. And I'll tell you, I'll close. I've got to come to a quick close here. I am pushing my time. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why maybe the apostles meant. And more logical reason. There were some women who experienced the resurrection of the Lord before anybody else. The Bible says they went back to tell the apostles. You know why I think they meant? They were trying to decide amongst themselves Probably if the words of Mary Magdalene and all these other women who saw the Lord were true. They're trying to decide, is he still alive or is he not alive? See, here's the question. The question is not does the world believe in God because the world does believe in God. But the question more so is, does the church really believe he's still alive? The question is not, does the world believe in God? They know, because they do, and they're looking. The question is, do we as believers and as Christians still believe he's alive? Because if he is, we are going to gather. If he is, we're, forsake not the assembling of yourselves, as you see the day so much more approaching. Amen. Because if we have an inkling he might be alive, it's time to meet up. It's time to meet up. It's time to meet up. Let me, let me, let me, say, this. Let me say this. The church was the smallest it has ever been in that moment. Only 10 people. And the ministry of Jesus reached thousands. 5,000 was fed with bread, and they were just men. His ministry touched and reached thousands, and, 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 and now at this point in time of the church, there was only 10 people showing up on a Wednesday night. I think we had 10 this Wednesday night. And half of them was doubting. One is dead, and the other is missing. Attendance is low, but God still showed up. The devil would love to tell us, and he bothers Brother Grant with this. You know, Brother Grant tells you, he's told us over the years, the devil always whispers in his ear, you show up at church, ain't nobody going to be there. Ain't nobody going to be there. Ain't nobody going to be there. It'll be less than it was last week. Hey, when our Wednesday nights are looking a little slim, and Sunday is not as packed as it used to be, and it looks like God is not going to show up, let me read a scripture to you. We're two or three are gathered in my name. There I am with them. And sometimes we might not get three. Sometimes it might not be a lot of people. Sometimes attendance might be low. But God says, when you get three, I'm going to show up. But when you can't get three, and there's only two, I'm still going to show up. I don't want the devil to scare us in attendance. 
Our numbers are looking slim, Brother Tuan. Oh, my God. Church is going down, downhill. No, it ain't. No, God's still going to show up. God's still going to show up. And when he shows up, his power is still going to be the same. It's still going to be unlimited. He still can do. He can do at general conference what he can do here this morning. But do you expect him to? God is not as big as how many people are in attendance. (laughs) He's not as big. Just because you got a lot of people doesn't mean it's a good thing. The Bible says there was a man who his daughter he thought was dead. He went to Jesus. Jesus showed up at his house. There was a lot of people there. Jesus said they don't need to be here. You can have a lot of people. If nobody has faith in God, ain't nothing going to happen. But God said, you get all the weepers out of the house. Me and you can stay in here. And if you believe, I believe, watch what's going to happen. I got anybody believe with me this morning? Amen. The Bible says where two or three are gathered. Guess where else it says where two or three agree. I might not get all three. But if you believe, Brother David, if you believe, Brother Myers, if you believe, Brother Stephen, we've got something. We've got something to work with. God's got something to work with. He doesn't need numbers. He just needs faith. Amen. He just needs faith. I'm teaching and preaching. Let's not get discouraged just because numbers uh, seem to be dwindling. Uh, That doesn't dictate whether God shows up or not. Amen. He's just as big at General Conference than he is going to be this morning at 5901 Garth Road, Baytown, Texas. With 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I'm not going to count all y'all. Not more than than 30. Amen. God is big. God is big. Our numbers doesn't determine his size. God, our number doesn't determine what he can do. (laughs) Receive ye the Holy Ghost, with just 10 people, God can still move. I'm pretty sure that not all the apostles had great faith in that little meeting. There was probably a lot of doubt, but guess what? I guarantee you not all of them believed. They were probably huddled in a circle. Well, James, what do you think? Peter, Peter's probably hurled up in a, in a little ball, terrified. Bartholomew, hey, what, 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 do you, what do you think? The ladies are telling us he's alive. What do you think? James, Judas, there's another Judas, not just that Judas. There's, uh, there's two Judases in the apostles? Yeah, there is. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think? Well, I just, I don't know. I don't, just, I don't know. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff. And guess what? In the middle of their doubting, God walks right into their midst. Here's what I'm trying to say. If you're doubting, just show up. If you're doubting, just show up. If you're wondering, just show up. And if you would show up, God will put all your doubts to rest. Hallelujah. I don't want to get too excited. God is going to move. Just show up. You might not have it all together. You might not know why. You might doubt. Is he really, is he really going to do it? What do you think? What do you, just, keep, just show up and be together and let God 
show up and show out. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Watch God move with 10 people who are doubting and unsure, but they got together. My God have mercy. Let me close. Be there. Be committed. And be expecting. (laughs) I close with this. John chapter 5. We'll be through here. John chapter 5 verse 2. Now in Jerusalem. I'm going to read the amplified version for you. Now in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, there is a pool, which is in the Hebrew called Bethesda, having five porches. In these porches, I'll just read, I'll read here. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season in the pool and troubled in the water. Whatsoever then first after the troubling the water stepped in was made whole and of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying and knew what he had been there a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? What is that question asking? What are you expecting me to do? Because whatever you expect God to do, he will do it. The impotent man answered, sir, I have no man. Watch this. When the water's troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming. While I am coming. It hadn't happened for 38 years, but I'm still coming. 38 years. God hadn't touched me yet. He's touched sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. I'm still waiting for my miracle, but I'm still coming. Hey, if God doesn't touch you, I wish you'd still be coming. Just show up. And, and guess what? God saw this answer. It's because you're here and because you're still coming. Rise. Take up thy bed and walk. Let's all stand tonight, this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God can do anything. If God can do anything, why come to church expecting anything less than anything? If God is that big, why come to church and expect something so small? If God can do everything, why come to church and expect nothing? Amen. We have to increase our levels of expectation. God wants us to be here. God wants us to be committed. And he wants us to be expecting. And if you don't get it this morning, if you hadn't got it last Sunday, and you hadn't got it the the week before, the month before, 38 years before, hey, keep coming and being here. And God will do the miraculous. What are you expecting God to do? What are you expecting God to do? Wilt thou 
wilt thou? What a silly question for the Lord to ask. He knows. But he's asking, what is your expectation? Amen. We're going to take a break here in just a couple minutes. Brother Myers is going to get behind this. Uh, the Lord's going to move. Brother Myers is going to get behind this pulpit. I'm expecting to hear um, 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 awesome, awesome, awesome preaching and, and ministering with the Lord. Brother Myers always is so nice and asks me, when Brother Grant is out of town, do you want to teach or preach? He knows the answer to that. <laughs> always comes down to how much stress do I want to be under. I, I woke up yesterday morning in, uh, uh, in the hotel with all these kids, and we didn't have a lot, of, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of our young boys didn't come. We had about three of them. And so I got a bed all to myself. I said, I'm going to sleep good. Bless God. I woke up with the worst crook in my neck. I still have that crook this morning. I have to turn my whole body just to say hi to somebody. So if you call my name and I just take a little bit longer, turn around, talk to you, give me a little bit of time. The ibuprofen hasn't quite started working yet. And, and, and Chris made a funny comment. He said, you had a whole bed to yourself. You still don't know how to sleep right. So you're, you know what? I probably would have been better off sharing a bed. See, that's, that's the Lord getting on to me, being selfish. I'll give you a crook in your neck. And so if I had to preach this morning, I'd probably be in a wheelchair. Praise the Lord. We love you this morning. Thank you, God, for your good word. Thank you for helping me to minister to your people. Thank you for, your, for the teaching, God. Help us to just be here, learn the fundamentals of being here, being committed, and being expectant. And if we have those three things, the miraculous can happen. In Jesus' name, wilt thou, wilt thou, wilt thou, I will, Lord, I will. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and uh, get a drink of water, use the rest and visit, and uh, we'll start service up here in just about 15 minutes or so. Thank you for standing and your attendance.